Welcome to this week's episode on The Puzzle of Us. I am so excited. I've been looking forward to this happening for a long time, but this week we have my husband, Brett, joining us on the podcast for the first time. So welcome, Brett. Thanks, Chelsea. So I'll do a quick introduction to me and Chelsea. You've already heard her a bunch, um, but we have been married going on 15 years um, this year. And uh, in that time, we brought in four beautiful children. We've lived all over the country and we have um, started a couple businesses together and we're still what I can say is happily married. So there you go. Yeah. And uh, Brett gets to give you a little insight of what it's like to be married to a marriage and family therapist. And uh, hopefully, you know, our hopes for doing this is that we you can learn from us in a candid way. We can um, tell you some of our successes and some of our failures and probably learn more from our failures like we have. But uh we, we just um, want to, to open our relationship up to, to people because we do feel like we have a really great relationship. And uh, I have a little bit of the clinical expertise to be able to, to kind of help um, dissect some of our, our shortcomings and our, our failures and why they failed and, and what we do every day to make our relationship work. So I'm super excited about this today. Our topic, our first topic that we're going to be talking about is how to know when do you take your relationship to the next step? You know, whether it's like we're moving in together or kind of in our area, in our, in our region here, where we are, where we are, it is fairly common to get married pretty quickly after dating, not for very long. Um, and, and so sometimes people are asking us, you know, uh, some of the questions we get are, how do I know when, that right time is to get married. How do I know that we're going to be, we're going to have a good relationship for forever. And, you know, there's no crystal ball that is going to say, absolutely. You're going to have a great relationship because there's all sorts of life throws curveballs, curveballs at you all the time. But we wanted to introduce today kind of some of the things that were helpful for us that we have sort of reflected on and know that how it it made our decision to get married and and start our relationship together um how some of the things that that we did or that we noticed um and some of the things that we kind of advice we give to people young people who are in this kind of next phase whether it be they're getting married or moving in together or yeah and i wanted to i did just want to bring up a point will likely use the word marriage quite a bit because that's our own personal experience. Um, we realize that that's not the case for everyone, but when you, when you hear us speak of marriage to you, that may mean that you are in a committed lifelong relationship. Yeah. You're, you've moved in with one another, whatever that may look like to you, the commitment level is, is still the same. And so Please, if you're not in the traditional marriage setting, just realize we realize that and the principles that we, we talk about are applicable to you as well as uh, folks that have gone to, down the traditional marriage route. Yeah. Is that all right, Chelsea? Absolutely. And, and I appreciate that. I speak of marriage often, but really just know that I'm talking about a committed relationship and, and moving that forward. 
again, whether that's where we're committing to marriage, whether we're moving in together, whether we're, you know, uh, meeting each other's families for the first time, like whatever it is, like, how do I know that our relationship is a point that I want it to continue and I want it to move forward and, and what tells us that? Um, and so we were kind of thinking about as we were kind of talking about the podcast, kind of different things that we wanted to highlight. And one of them is like, what, what, how did we know? How do we know what were the questions that we sort of asked maybe unconsciously, maybe, you know, subconsciously, we were kind of talking, feeling confident about this, these, our decision to move forward. Um, and so the biggest thing is like, do you love them? You know, what tells you that you love a person? Like, Brett, how did you know that you loved me? That's a, a great question. Um, a little bit about myself, just since we're getting started here. I would consider myself fairly traditional, prototypical male. I don't love talking about feelings. I've gotten better at it over the last 15 years. Definitely has. Um, so what I say may just sound a little weird, but I'll, I'll be as open as I can on it. So you asked how, um, what told me that I loved you? How did you know? I still remember exactly where we were and what was going on when I told you I loved you for the first time. Um, and so I'm reflecting on how I, how I actually knew. For me, I didn't do a ton of dating um, growing up. I had an old mantra in high school. Some of my buddies, if they listen to this, they'll laugh because they've heard it a million times. But uh, we kind of live by the mantra of why spend money on someone else's wife while we're, we were in high school. Um, and then once I, I got out of high school and kind of started growing up, um, I, I did a little dating, but not a lot. But I know the one thing with Chelsea was very early on, it was so easy for me to feel comfortable around her um, and not just be like completely tensed up and not know what to do or not know what to say. And uh, things just naturally flowed for us, at least in, I'm not exactly sure what she'll explain her experience, but for me, um, very easy for me to talk to her and carry on conversations, which even to this day, I still sometimes have a hard time carrying on a conversation with, uh, with some of the opposite sex of me. And so, uh, but that was never the case with Chelsea. And I, I just felt like I could totally be myself. I know that sounds really cliche and a lot of people will say that, but I truly did. I have a lot of kind of weird quirky uh, personality traits and I felt all right just letting letting them loose and not feeling like I had to restrict them because she'd think I was weird or an idiot or whatever it may be. And so um a lot of those things came in. Um I definitely I think it helps too just to like jump off that point that we were friends for quite a while before we actually started dating. I mean I remember hanging out with you for several months. 
Um, granted, I had a boyfriend at the time who you knew. So like you were always really respectful of that. Um, but we, we did a lot of just kind of getting to know each other on a no pressure, no commitment, no expectation kind of coming from that, um, which made it really easy. That friendship grew right from the start, at least I, I think that's something that was maybe a little different. It wasn't like, oh, I'm attracted to you. And um, that's what's leading us getting into a relationship. There was definitely, there was attraction there, but it, it definitely started as a friendship um, first. And and I think at least for me, it was, it definitely felt natural and easy, but we'd already had that friendship, which made it maybe a little easier. Yeah. That, that's a good point that I hadn't really thought of being put on the spot here in the in the question seat. And so, yeah, definitely um, just some of those kind of natural, already knew each other and, and had some history with each other was, was helpful as well. So what about you, Chelsea? The, the question being, how did you know, um, how could you tell that there was that love there once we got to that point. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, there was definitely just a friendship. There was an ease and a natural ease about our relationship that I always felt like, um, you had my back. I could trust you. You were, you were there, uh, for me. I always was very excited to hang out with you, look forward to being around you, spending time with you. Um, you know, as our relationship progressed from friendship into, more of a courtship, you were definitely the first person, you know, texting was like all there was back then. <laughs> um, and texting was like a new thing. So we're really dating ourselves here. But um, you're like the first person I thought of like texting, waking up in the morning. Um, we used to play this game and sometimes we still do, but we would text each other Ilium and Bipo, which stands for I love you more. No, I love you most no battle plus one. Um and it was there's a lot, there's a lot of background to it. Just know that's our thing. That, that was our thing. So, um, but I, I just remember like being excited to wake up in the morning and be the first one to text you or even being somewhat frustrated that you texted me first, but it was like that. You were just the first thought, um, that I had waking up in the morning. So sorry to cut you off, Chelsea, but funny, funny story. I think it's funny anyway. Um, I, I tend to be a somewhat private guy at times, especially with my family and it drives them nuts. Like it's kind of my thing with them, especially my parents. I like to keep them in the dark on things until it I'm ready to let them know. And they had, we had been dating probably three, four weeks a month. About a month, yeah, probably. I wasn't living at home at that time, was I? No, I was in the apartment, yeah. But I I spent a lot of time at my parents' house still. I was only, you know, 20 minutes away and, and would come out and see. They had no idea. No one in my family had any idea that, um, that I was dating anyone. And, again, this is going to date us a little bit, but you used to get in your, um, in your cell phone bills, it would have how many text messages you had sent and I, I went have like each one of them like listed out of which number <laughs> right. you had texted and I typically would have like 
20, 30 texts a month. And <laughs> my mom got, I was on the family plan and my mom got the bill and she's like, Brett, all of a sudden there's like six, 700 texts from you to this number. Can you tell me what's going on? I don't know if she was worried that I was like, had found some like online thing or, or what, but anyway, um, that's how my family found out that I was dating Chelsea. Yeah. So anyway, I know I took his way that's off. Right. That's okay. There. But uh, just like that excitement, um, it, waking up in the morning, sending a text, the last person I talked to, um, at night, you know, it was just that, that you were who I thought of. Um, that's how I knew that I, was falling in love with you, that I did love you. Of course, there was attraction and, and various things that I was attracted to about you, but that's not what this podcast is about. So we'll leave that for maybe another podcast. But um, just that excitement and feeling really comfortable around you and, and just that ease. Um, it, even now like that, that we, we banter back and forth. There's there's a lot of fun. You're lots funnier than I am um, and have more of that carefree attitude, which I don't always have all the time. And so I was I was attracted to that. And that helped sort of bring me to a different level in my life. And I, I really appreciated that and really liked that. Um, and, and kind of to that point, you mentioned bring you to another level. I, I don't think I'd mentioned this, but I wanted to mention, I, I think one of the biggest things and again, this is going to sound really cliche, but thinking back on it, you truly did make me want to be the best version of myself. When I was acting like an idiot or doing something stupid, I would, or about to do something stupid, I would think to myself, all right, actually, maybe I won't do this thing because, um, because of how Chelsea how will she perceive me with this? And not that I needed that. You don't want, I think it's important. You don't want to completely change who you are just for the sake of changing who you are to get that, get a person to like you. Chelsea can speak about how that leads actually to disaster more often than not. Um, in, a, in a marriage, I actually, <laughs> This reminds me, I go off on a lot of tangents, just so you guys know, I hope it doesn't drive you too nuts. But just the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they were, uh, they brought up a really good point. And it goes something like this. Guys go into a marriage, hoping that their girl never changes. Girls go into a marriage, hoping that they can change their guy. Yes. And you should never get married to someone hoping that they will change because, or with the intentions of changing somebody, because more often than not, you're going to be met with disappointment <laughs> because you really should go into a relationship being the best version of yourself. And, and that, that was the biggest thing is, is you just going back to this question. How did I know that I loved you? You made me want to be better and strive to become like the best version of myself, which will actually lead into this next question that we're, we're going off on. Yeah. And I think one of the things that the, the question, the next question we kind of came up with is do, does that person, the person that you are taking this next step in your relationship with, do they help you feel confident? Do they encourage you? Do they, 
do you hear their voice when you are in a stressful moment or in a difficult moment? Are, are they the ones that you think of, you know, oh, I'm having this problem. Do I, can I call you? You know, who's the first person that you want to call? And if that person comes to mind, and if that's that first person, then yeah, your relationship is in a good place because you're coming from, you're creating, starting to create a bond of security and safety. And uh, that's a beautiful foundation for a very secure, lasting relationship. Um, it, it grounds for growing great communication and, and lots of other things, but that confidence, right? You want that person, not only do you want to feel like I'm being the best version of myself, but I, I'm helping them be the best, best version of themselves. And, um, and so with that, like, I, I remember one time Brett and I were first married. I, I think we'd been married maybe six months, maybe nine months, maybe not, we hadn't been married a year yet. And I was in my undergrad at Utah state and I was, had spent all this time taking a test. Um, I was, planning on getting, trying to get into the master's program at Utah State. And I, there was this last class and like, I don't think he did any assignments or anything. Like the final grade or the final test was like 75% of our grade, something like that. And I had to have this class. I had to pass it well. I had to do well in it in order to be able to apply for the master's program. So there was just a lot. It was just a, a heavy situation that there was a lot riding on it. And I had studied a ton for it. I'd spent all the hours sitting down in that moment to take the test, there was just a lot of, a lot of doubts, you know, can I do this? Is that, am I even capable of this? Maybe I didn't study enough. Maybe I could have, could have done more. And the Brett's voice came to mind and was like, you can do this. You, you know, this stuff, it may not be perfect. You may not ace this test, but you're going to do it. You can, you can, you can do this. You are capable. And, and I think that that's important if that, if the person that you are wanting to spend the rest of your life with isn't giving you that vote of confidence, is tearing you down in some way, or isn't that voice that you hear, it, it creates seeds of doubt because believe you me, and we could tell you lots of stories of things that ways that your confidence is tested and ways that you feel like you're not good enough as a parent, as a spouse, as a mother, as a employee, as a sister, as a daughter, as a friend, as a husband, as a wife, like in all these different roles that you play in your life, you're going to be tested and stretched. And you need that person to be that person who's booing you up, that person who is that secure place. You know, um, we, we want that. So insecure attachment, when we're talking about secure attachment, as far as you know, clinically looking at it and what makes a good, safe, secure relationship, the safest relationship, the securest bonds are ones that you can, you know, imagine a kid leaving home and going to school and coming back and knowing that there's, they feel safe, they feel loved, they feel like they belong, but they still have the confidence to go out into the world and try new things and explore new things because they know that there's this secure place to come back to in which they belong. And our relationship is no different. And so if you feel that in your relationship with this person that you're wondering, you know, do we move in together? Do we get married? Do we, if that's starting, 
or if it's there, then you absolutely should move forward with the relationship and, and hold on to it because that, that confidence really is, helps build a secure, lasting, secure relationship. Um, and that's really what creates us a strong bond through life's bumpy roads. Um, and, you know, and as we're talking about like the different bumps that come up, you know, we, Brent and I handle stress very differently. Uh, you'll get to know that a little bit in this podcast, but you'll also get to know it in, you know, in other future episodes as well. Um, why don't you tell them about the different ways that we handle stress? I'll tell them how Chelsea handles stress. <laughs> all right. Uh, from my perspective, um, Chelsea alluded to this a little earlier. We are kind of yin and yang on a lot of things. And especially we're early on, we we're kind of coming more to middle ground, but Chelsea is the classic type A personality. If you listen to per, a past pro podcast, I am a pursuer and Brett is a withdrawer. So if, if you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to them, but I'm a classic pursuer and Brett is a classic withdrawer. True. And, and Chelsea just having that type A personality that pursuit coupled with a pursuer personality is, um, everything has to be on time. Everything has to be listed out done to a T like if there's a recipe, which we'll get to a fun little story here in a minute about this, but if there's a recipe, you follow it to the T. Whereas I, if I've got a recipe and something sounds like it'd be good to mix in with it that day, maybe would do that. Or cooking is a fantastic example. I cannot <laughs> go off script. I cannot not follow a recipe. I can't, it's just, doesn't belong in the recipe if in the casserole or whatever I'm making, if it's not on the recipe yet, Brett can come in the kitchen and be like, Oh yeah, a little bit of ketchup, a little bit of salt and pepper, a little bit. Of, and he just puts it together and it, it always turns out really great. And mine, not all, not always. Mine does not. So I, you know, know if I follow the recipe, then I, it usually turns out pretty good. So going back to the timeliness thing, um, I also, I, I've gotten way better. I'm actually a very much on time person now, but I was chronically classically like very. 15 <laughs> minutes late to, it was almost, I was on time, but I was 15 minutes late to everything I ever went to. Um, and my old saying was, I'm not late. I arrive when I get there and that's the time that I was supposed to be there. So I was late to everything for 15 minutes. Chelsea was not. That caused some stuff in our early relationship. Um, but we were able to work through it. Thankfully, going back to the question though, how do they, how do they deal with stress? So that's where this whole thing came from. Chelsea being the classic, um, type A type personality. She likes to get right to work on things. Um, so our house often gets stress cleaned, which is awesome. Um, because it's usually really clean when she's stressed out or actually, this is a great example that happened just like this weekend. So we had a, a family event. We were blessing our newest little baby and, um, Chelsea was 
like after the the event, we were going to have a breakfast with some family and friends. And so Chelsea was getting everything ready. She was very stressed with the whole situation, just trying to make sure it was all taken care of. And she took everything on herself and didn't really delegate out real well, which is something she also tends to do when she's stressed. And in the process, she there was some food down in our um, like our cold storage freezer. She went and got it, forgot to put it's an older freezer. The door doesn't latch real great. So we have to put a jug in front of it to keep the door shut. Anyway, long story here. Um, she forgot to put the jug there because she had so many balls up in the air that she was trying to manage. And she forgot to put the jug there. The door swung open. And for any of you that have had a freezer open up. Full of it, meats. Full of meats and foods and all this stuff. Talk about stress, like it adds more stress onto it. So, but that's that's a classic way that Chelsea, she just uh, dealing with stress, she goes more into hyperdrive and overload. I feel like I've been talking for a minute. How do you, Chelsea? How do you feel you deal with stress? Um, the, just as you've described, I, I tend to sort of shut down. I feel like it takes way longer to. Uh, explain how I want something done than just doing it myself. And so I usually am just like, I've got my list of things that I need to do. Just get out of my way so I can do them. <laughs> um, which doesn't all, which isn't always helpful. And so I, I, through our years and our failures of getting it wrong, um, have tried to do better about that, but there are still some things that it, it is just, hey, I'm really stressed right now. You need to take the kids and go for the weekend or go for a couple of hours and just let me do it. Um, that's what I need. That would be the most helpful for me rather than, you know, trying to delegate all the little tasks that need done. Um, and so, you know, I, I know that there are lots of people who can relate to that similar thing. But um, again, all of that to say, like, again, the whole the topic of this podcast is how do I know if I want to move forward with a relationship, if I want to take a step forward, knowing how your partner deals with stress is really important because everybody deals with stress. Everybody deals with unexpected change. Everyone deals, ex de deals with disappointment and various emotions in our lives. And that is just, that's life. And the more you are familiar with those things, and are okay with them, right? We, um, very early on when we were actually still dating, we went on a backpacking trip with some friends. There was a whole group of us that went and, um, Brett and I had been dating for a while, but we're really starting to get a lot more serious and really, I think starting to talk about marriage, if I'm mistaken in that. It was over, it, yes, we were, because it was over Labor Day. Yes, it was. It was over Labor Day and weekend, and it we was like that, there. that like next week or something, we went and started the whole process. Anyways, um, picking out a ring and all of those fun things. So very exciting times, but um, we had gone on this backpacking trip. Um, it was just an overnighter. Some people on the backpacking trip, Brett, Brett and I had both um, had experience backpacking, you know, most of the guys that were in the group with us had had some experience due to 
scouting and, you know, just being boys. But a lot of the females in the group, um, there was, there was four or five, five or six of us. Um, some had never had the experience of backpacking. And so, and time, I'm going to come out here for just a second, just in case our audience doesn't know backpacking being you carry on your back, your shelter, like sleeping bag, food, all of that into the mountains, hiking to an area, and then you camp with just the stuff that you have on your back. It takes a little weight. You're probably not going to be packing a whole like kit and caboodle of makeups and yes. a and lot some people of don't realize that and they think, oh, I need to go, I'm hiking into the wilderness and I'm backpacking. But well, when I go on an overnighter at a cabin or to a motel, I'm taking face wash and makeup for the next day and curling irons to do my hair and you know so this is a things. bare bones experience so it is it strips it down to the bare bones and, and again a lot of these the women in our group had not had a had not been backpacking um and so because they hadn't been backpacking i being this sort of female that had that had been um type a type a <laughs> and being young and having, you know, we've got to get food, right? Everyone needs to eat. And so um, it was getting dark when we rolled into town or rolled, not into town, but into the lake where we were staying. Um, and I felt like this pressure of we've got to get things. We've got to get camp set up. We've got to get water boiling. We've got to get, and I was hungry. I hadn't eaten in a while. So there was some hanger coming out as well, but um I was just feeling that stress. And because of that, I did just what I classic, what I still do today, shut down, just let me like lock in and get dinner made for everybody. And I'm fine. I don't need any help. Just kind of get out of my way <laughs> so I can get it done. Um, but that again comes off. That was the first time Brett had really experienced that because it put a different level of stress on our relationship than we had been in, in any other type of situation. Um, you know, we, we'd had our disagreements, we've had our conversations about various political topics, and we dis disagreed and, you know, all those things. But this was like a different experience. You really saw for the first time, like a different level of stress that I was experiencing. Similarly, um, some other people that were with us were also dating at the time, and they had stress in their relationship. And they shortly after that backpacking trip decided no longer to date. <laughs> um, because I think again, that those stressful situations and one of the things Brett and I like to tell people who are asking for advice, like, you know, what, how do you know, like, what are some things that you should do? We always tell people like, go backpacking, <laughs> go backpacking together before you really want to make a commitment to be in a relationship. Or a road trip or something where you take, both of you out of your normal, comfortable element, um, strip away a bunch of the the normal stuff in your life and see how, how you guys interact. A lot of that, again, like clinically speaking, kind of comes to, you know, you take someone out of their, their everyday environment. Humans are routine. We're used to routine. We're used to habits. And you can really see what a person, what's important to a person. You know, what do you hold on to if you go traveling for a couple of, for a road trip and you go for a couple of days, like what's important? What are the priorities? 
What are the different stress levels? Um, how do we deal with stress? How do we manage that? How do we talk about it? Um, how do we recover from it? And so you get to see some of those elements in a, in a relationship when you do something abnormal. And so, you know, I, we certainly encourage people to do things like that, like go backpacking. We'd love to go backpacking with you. So if you were listening to this podcast and need some ways to go backpacking too, we'd love to take you. <laughs> um, but it, you know, I think it's important just to realize that those different situations do put different type of stressors on your relationship. And it's, it's just helps you get a different experience or different exposure to your partner. And then you get to decide, you know, how did that, how was that experience for us? Did I like how that went? Do I wish it went different? Um, is it something that I want to spend time on and work on? Or did it go okay enough that I'm okay with how it went? Um, and so those are, again, kind of ways of stress that you, that I would encourage you, that we would encourage you to try out in your relationship as you're looking to move forward. To the and I step. think um, one of the things that came from that was it actually sparked a conversation, a, a good conversation. I mean, it's all these years later and it's still very vivid for both of us, but that opened up a conversation for us to say, I was able to express like, holy crap, Chelsea, you went kind of crazy there. Prep that dinner, like really that, that came out and, it, and I, like Chelsea mentioned, we were getting really close to like me possibly proposing at that time. And, and I, after that experience did, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I do remember just seriously questioning myself. All right, this exposed a couple things. Am I good with it? And having that. So we had a, a conversation between the two of us, but then also having my own interpersonal conversation of, all right, is this really what I'm looking for? Because things got exposed. I saw how she really dealt with a much higher level of stress um, in a different environment. And I was, the conclusion I came to was, okay, I'm all right with that. Um, she, not that she passed the test, but she passed the test. Like we got through, through that. Can we make it through? Can we be comfortable? Can we have a conversation about it? You know, if it doesn't turn out exactly how you wanted it to, or, whoa, your reaction was a lot different than I was expecting. Can we have a conversation about it? Um, as, if you can keep having a conversation about it, then your relationship is absolutely worth continuing. Um, but if, you know, I was, I definitely know that I didn't handle that situation right. Uh, not even right, but um, it, it just was typical of me. Um, but being able to have a conversation about it, I'm also able to own, yep, this is what I do and it's not the best and I'm continually working on it. So here on, we are 16 years later and I'm still working on it. <laughs> so on the flip side, we, we've talked about the, that type A pursuer dealing with stress. Let's flip the let's flip the script now and um, explain the other side how you have visualized or experienced my dealing with stress being on the other side of it. Um, I think sometimes it's difficult to know when you really are dealing with stress because oftentimes you again being a classic withdrawer or 
a suppressor of emotions. <laughs> um, you are masterful at it and you just kind of, everything's sort of the same. Not that it's, not that you don't feel those emotions. Um, and I know we've had this conversation before, but like, I don't know when you really feel super happy. Like I know when you're being goofy and I know when you're in a good mood, but for the most part, you're in the same mood all the time, <laughs> which is really nice, but it's also hard to, it feels sometimes disconnecting and it feels sometimes like I'm always the one that my emotions are very erratic and up and down and I'm which feeling she's really, feels. she's really not that bad. I'm, I, I don't think I am, but again, like my, I feel like I feel a lot and sometimes it makes it in our relationship. It has separated us in the past because I don't know how you're feeling, um, whether I'm feeling really disappointed about something or we, you know, had to compromise on something and I had to give or whatever. And I'm feeling disappointed and I don't know how you feel because you're just the same. <laughs> and um, the, I, I, that's very classic of, of many withdrawers. They just don't know. It's not that they don't feel. It's just that they don't know maybe necessarily how to express that. And I think you're masterful at compartmentalizing, um, which most most men typically are. And that's being very, very stereotypical. Um, but most men are really good about compartmentalizing. And, and I don't think as a, in my female brain and my anxiety brain, I didn't realize that. And I think a classic example of that is like fights that we've had about um, why don't you do the dishes or why don't you take out the trash? Like, can't you see that it's overflowing? And your classic response to me is like, well, I didn't go in the kitchen to take out the trash. I went in the kitchen to get food. And I literally did not see the overflowing garbage can um, or the stack of, you know, dirty dishes in the sink. Um, and, and men at having that conversation after having it for 16 years, it's like, okay, he really doesn't see it. It's not, it doesn't come back to, oh, he doesn't love me or I'm the only one doing this or, you know, uh, I'm the only partner pulling any weight or anything like that. And it sometimes, yeah, it feels frustrating because I have to ask you to take out the trash and I shouldn't have to ask you because I'm not your mom, but I know that it just, it's not necessarily on your radar. And so the only person I can be frustrated with is myself if I'm finding myself being frustrated. Now, if it's a set thing or if it's a set chore or something that he's supposed to do that it's on Saturday nights, you take out the trash. Like that's just what you do. Then I can be a little bit frustrated with that. And I, and I'm allowed to be frustrated with that, but until like, and it's taken us years to establish that. But for the most part, like the, the stress, that I see you feel is very monotone. If it, if I could use it, just is like, it's just, um, sometimes, you know, if you look at a heart monitor and you get, you get the beeps, you know, mine's a, a very up and down, you know, we just had a, our fourth child and, uh, watching the contractions on the screen, right. It's very like they're predictable and the patterns go up and down. And I would say for the most part, Brett is just a flat line. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
whether it be a heart monitor. Oh, that's not good. Whether it be a heart monitor or a contraction screen or something, it's it's just very it's very flat. It's not that that's a bad thing at all because um, we we help to level each other out. But sometimes it is, as I said, difficult to connect with that because I feel like I'm feeling all the feels and you never feel. We've worked through that. And in upcoming podcasts, we'll talk about kind of specifically how we've overcome that, maybe conversations that we've had that uh, have helped us through those times. But um, I I think it's important to know just what type of personality you are and and how you deal with stress and emotions and how your partner deals with stress. Yeah, and I think that's the, I think that, what Chelsea just said there is the key to this whole thing. Yeah, we're telling some fun stories of, of our past and everything, but going back to to these questions to ask yourself, how do you know that it's time to move on or it, it's the right time to move to that next stage? How understanding how your partner deals with stress and under in turn learning how you also deal with stress and is are you able to make that compatible? Not that they're going to be the same. In fact, if they are the same, it may not be good. If you have two really high strung stress really gets the the fills as Chelsea mentioned, gets them raised up, you may clash really hard. Maybe, maybe not. If you have two flatliners like me, stuff may never ever get done and the relationship may also flatline because you're no one's really pushing each other we actually as we were um kind of prepping for this podcast we we were discussing this very point and it's interesting because over these last number of years chelsea's helped me to show a little bit of the fills and have a little bit of that elevated stress and that it's okay to when that stress comes on to express that a little bit and conversely chelsea's also really toned down to where sometimes it's okay to internalize a portion of that and and put on that that straight face go still going to work like she does just getting getting to the heart of the the stressor and getting through it without uh, a big event taking place. So um, again, we're not perfect, but I feel it's it's been a, a interesting to reflect on how, how she's helped me and how hopefully I've helped her a little bit. Yeah, I feel like I definitely am not quite as high strung or maybe I don't get as emotional or high, uh, high reactivity um to to some of the things that i i definitely could have had i been married to someone different or or had i not learned how to manage this um kind of a a fun example of this is when brett and i were first married i i sort of thought i had this idea that i needed to be perfect i needed to be the perfect wife i needed to have you know dinner ready every night when you came home from school or work or everything just had to, had to be great. Right. And following, going back to the recipes that we were talking about earlier, I was following a recipe and I made this stew in the crock pot and I had put it in. Time out real quick. Just to add a little bit of context to this whole thing. We were very, very 
poor college students, like yes, <laughs> little to no money whatsoever. We come from families that our, our folks provided well for us, but there was not a lot of excess, right? And so the fact that we had bought a like nice piece of stew meat, I mean, that was, the cost of that stew meat was probably what our usual like weekly food budget was. So I just wanted to lay, I want to yes. lay the, like to, to add to the, just how, um, how big of a deal this is. All right, yeah. Chelsea, go ahead. So there's this stew meat, right? I'd planned and prepped and done all the meal prep. I'd done the grocery shopping. I prepared this stew with this fine meat, you know, this <laughs> stew meat that, um, that I was really excited to, you know, have, it was the, I think it was, I want to say it was like February or March. It just, we got married in December and it was just a few months after we had gotten married. And I put all this stuff together and was hoping for a great meal the night, that night when we got home together. And I realized, was it that night or was it the, in the morning? Had you cooked it overnight? It was after it was cooked. Yeah. Okay. Realized. So I put it all together in, in the crock pot and then gone to school and was going to be gone all day. You know, it stewed in the crock pot as it warmed up and everything over the, the day. And we had come home and we're about to eat this meal and Brett tasted it. Cause I was so excited. You know, I spent time and effort and energy and we got this great meat that we both like meat. We are both bread eat meat, bread meat eaters and wanted to share this with him. And he took one bite of it and was like, this is disgusting. I did not. <laughs> he didn't say, say that, but the look on his face said everything. And he was like, how much salt did you put in this? And I immediately, like, I was like, well, I don't know. I started panicking, frantic, right? Like, I want to be this perfect housewife and go to school and do all these things and have this beautiful meal for us and connect over this great dinner and all of these things. Right. So I'm really wanting it to go well and it does not taste well. And I had, I think it called for a teaspoon of salt and I put a tablespoon of salt. I think it was like two or three teaspoons. So Something it like just, that. Like, it just like exponentially more salty than it. it I thought she, I think salty. you put a cup in, but maybe I'm I did not put a cup <laughs> I in. Did, but... I think I'm pretty sure I got the teaspoons and tablespoons mixed up and thought it called for three or tablespoons and instead of teaspoons. And it was really, really salty and it was really not good. It was, it was really not good. Um, I think we ended up picking the meat out of it and ate the meat. Maybe, I don't know. I don't even remember. It was really salty, but the whole experience, um, I of course, again, wanted to be this show up perfectly, get it all right. And just really wanted that. Right. And adding to the context of, you know, we were very poor college students, just married did not have a lot to, to live on and to have it sort of fizzle out and not do what I had expected. Right. Like that was really, really devastating for me. 
And it was in that moment that I, I, I lost it. I was crying and it was really, really upsetting to me. And Brett's response to that still to this day means the world to me and really set the tone for our whole marriage. But instead of getting mad or angry at me that like you ruined this meal or yeah, way to go. You idiot. You (laughs) can't read a recipe or you really don't know how to cook. And can I get an annulment or, you know, I don't know all the things that he could have said, all the disastrous things that could have said, he literally just walked over to me, put his arms around me and I cried in his chest as he, as he held me. And that meant more to me. I don't even think he said anything, but that meant more to me and had really truly has set the tone for our entire relationship because I don't get it right. I all the time or ever. And I, I do a lot of things that are very frustrating for both of us and especially for Brett and that aren't always the best decisions. Um, or I leave the fridge door open, freezer door open <laughs> when I'm stressed or you know, and we lose a whole lot of meat because and I get I, a text message. I'm up on a mountaintop hours, hours away from being able to do any help. F I just left the freezer door open. Half of the meat is half of the food is lost. Anyway, this is, um, those are, those are some great examples of, you know, going back to the, uh, heart of, of this discussion, how, how do you know when it's the, like, what are the thing, the hallmarks that you're at a good point to move on? And, and that's, a determining how your partner reacts or deals with disappointment. And, and that was, a an example of Chelsea. I, for myself, um, Going back to college, we're, we're talking a lot about our college days here. This is, this. Is, I guess that's when we were newly we were into this. Our, but our next big steps. I, I had some lofty aspirations of um, going into the medical field and, and either becoming a physician or a, a dentist. And I, I got started into school and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go right to work hard work at this and general biology first semester. I don't think I got an F, but it was bad. It was like <laughs> C minus chemistry. Same thing. I mean, these are general, the general basic biology and, and chemistry courses. And I was single at that time. And, um, just, I, I hadn't quite learned how to be a, a good student yet but a lot of disappointment there. And so I take the summer off, regroup. All right, I'm into my next semester, my my next year of this. And like, same thing. I took the first semester of those classes, sucked terribly. And I said, all right, I need to take a step back. Very disappointed. Um, and I kind of took a year off from that stuff. It was about this time that me and Chelsea um, started dating and and getting to know each other really well and the the amazing thing um once we had gotten so i'd been dealing with that disappointment um a lot and it was awesome to have chelsea in my corner because she kept pushing me and i 
I did, I, I took some time away from going into the healthcare field and looked at a number of other, took a bunch of different general classes. And after I had that semester off, I mean, I was still, still doing stuff, but I had some time to, to really reflect and, and I don't remember a specific conversation, but just the two of us had multiple conversations like, well, what do you really want to do? What are you passionate about? And there were a number of things that led to, I, I still really feel like I want to go into the healthcare field and, um, between that time where I failed those classes until the, after we got married, I had having Chelsea in my corner to help me through those disappointments. Um, please don't take this as me trying to like brag or any of that sort of stuff. This is general classes. Like I should do well with them, but I went back in, retook those classes and aced them. Like they were easy to me. Um, I went on and took some more advanced, uh, science classes that I was able to easily do really well in them. And through very early on, I experienced some significant disappointment and was able to have Chelsea back me in those disappointments. And it led to, uh, continuing on and just. I don't know. I listened to a number of podcasts myself. Maybe you shouldn't talk about the actual podcast on the podcast, but uh, I'm going to do my own thing. Um, in podcasts, I, I really enjoy getting to know the people that, that I'm listening to. And, and so where this is our first one, me and Chelsea together, uh, I was able to continue on and, and go on and get an advanced degree in, in physical therapy and um, continue on that route which I went from failing basic chemistry and biology to excelling in a field that those courses are uh, simple and foundational in. And that was due to having someone help that I knew. And going back to that confidence question before, um, she helped me develop that confidence to the point now that, holy smokes, we have I mean, it's been a number of years but we had a great life living up in um a place called driggs idaho um great we had great jobs up there loved it. it was like the perfect environment to for us but we both had a bigger vision of what we could do for ourselves and we uprooted moved in with my parents we had one kid and one on the way moved in with my moved into my parents basement and started up a, a couple clinics and and just having that person that can help you feel confident, help you through the disappointment um, is, is huge. And, and finding things that you can, um, experiences that you can have together where you can start to, to learn these, these things. Oh no, Chelsea, did you have Yeah, no, creating those environments um, and, and knowing, you know, knowing what makes your partner tick, knowing what makes you tick and being able to have those experiences and, and conversations to be able to continue to address those um, is really, really vital to any relationship. Um, you know, if you don't like how your partner is supporting you, um, then I certainly I would hope that you would pause and question whether or not you 
not that you necessarily want to have to continue the relationship, but how do I how do I help my partner see that that's not helpful for me? Um, continuing those conversations and not being afraid to talk about it. Those are some of the biggest things that can help a relationship a relationship succeed. And that you should be asking, you know, am I excited to see this person? Do do they make me feel comfortable and confident? And do they help me be the best version of myself? Not that I'm trying to change for them, but do they help highlight the things that I'm already good at, that I already feel confident in? Um, are they confident? Do they do they help me feel more confident? Do they help me make those decisions in life? Um, we may not always agree, but do are we able to support each other in those disagreements? Um, so speaking of which, onto the the next question to be asking, what happens to um, both of you when an argument or disagreement comes up? Yeah, and I think I think that it goes back to yes. I mean, we can share some examples of different things that we do, and and. I'm sure we will in future podcasts, but I think it's just important to like, I handle things differently than Brett handles things. Um, last, just last night, he had an experience that is incredibly disappointing. Um, Brett is a, we, we both are hunters. Um, we like to, we like to deer hunt and, uh, bow hunting is in season right now. And it's, it's not my season of life. Like I said, we just had a, a, a little baby as well. And so I, I don't have the, the capacity to be on the mountain as much as it takes when you're bow hunting. And uh, Brett gets to have that opportunity right now, which is really awesome. But he had the opportunity. He has this deer that he has named. He's named him Missy, um, which is a girl's name to me, but it's a I, he's missed him I ha- now twice. I had an opportunity <laughs> at him last year and I made a bad shot and missed him. So he got, he got, he got his name Missy and he, that same deer is in the same area that Brett is hunting. And he had a, a great stock on him yesterday and was able to shoot at him twice again. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm airing your, your, Hurtful laundry. I here. told Chelsea we're, I'm renaming him to El Gato, which yes. is Spanish for the cat, because he's now got nine lives. Or I'm just a terrible bow hunter and should probably hang it up. But but again, like those those type of comments from Brett, he comes home and he feels very defeated and disappointed and like, oh, maybe I just shouldn't be bow hunting at all. And I know how much he loves it. I know how much he is passionate about it and he's feeling this disappointment and you know what there's lots of ways that my life is a lot harder when he is gone and it would be much easier if he gave up bow hunting but I know that that's not really what he wants and or needs and so I say none of that I don't I don't say yep you should just quit put your bow away (laughs) don't do it I say well what did you learn like let's talk about it and we had a lengthy conversation about last night of little things that maybe he could have could do different that he learned from it that he um is is hopefully gonna get to try and hopefully actually be successful at taking down El Gato as he's (laughs) renamed but I, I again I think that you know in those moments whether it be um 
I know the question you asked was what happens when you get in an argument, but it's important to kind of understand our disappointments. It's important to understand these emotions. It's important to understand how we respond to each other. Um, and, and in those moments, how, how do, how does our partner need us to show up for them? And over the years, that's what I have learned is that, you know what, I can be really disappointed about this and I can voice my disappointment. What is that going to do for my partner? How is that going to help the situation? How is that going to help us in the future? Um, because I, I know ultimately like uh, this relationship is the most important thing to Brett and I feel that and, and it's the most important thing to me. And I hope he feels that, which I know he doesn't at times because other things become important, like kids or various, you know, work, various things. Um, there's a, there's an ebb and a flow all the time and, and always constantly trying to put each other first. Um, and so knowing how each other responds to various situations, arguments, disappointments, unexpected change, all of that, I feel like it's all kind of the same is getting to know yourself and getting to know your partner and knowing if that's acceptable, you know, can I, can I continue to sit with my partner in this moment or are they, do they become maybe verbally abusive in these situations? Maybe it's not healthy for me to stay when you get disappointed and you verbally attack me or you completely shut my, shut me out for three or four days, you know, that's not how I want to be treated. And that's maybe not respectable, or that's not the way that I want this to go. And so before you move to that next phase of your relationship, whatever that is, making, come, bringing that into question, is this something that I can handle? Not that I can change, but that we can continue to work on. And I think, you know, Chelsea, I know the question that I hear all the time, and you especially hear all the time, in the clinic is so many couples base their lack of happiness in their relationship uh, based upon poor communication, right? Like how many, and you, anyone listening to this, you may be in that boat like, oh, we just don't communicate very well. Um, good communication with your partner is not just something that magically happens. You actually have to work on it and it's a skill. The, the beautiful thing is it's something that can actually be worked on. It's a skill that you can develop. Um, I've been fortunate to be married to a marriage counselor or, unfortunate. or <laughs> sometimes unfortunate because there's times where it's like, I just want you to be my partner, not my counselor right now. And, but part of our communication was I was able to verbalize that early on, earlier on, um, which Chelsea was then able to hear that, understand it and realize you're right. There's, there's a time and a place that I need to just shut that down. And it took a couple of years for us to be able to develop that good communication. Um, I know, those first couple years, I just internalized and took a whole bunch of stuff. I thought that's what a good husband and partner was supposed to do was when I was feeling disappointed or when I was feeling really frustrated or annoyed with Chelsea, 
that I don't let her know those things. That if you do that, A, you're being a pansy, and B, again, this is... World of Brett. The wor my world at the time. Hopefully I'm adapting and becoming a little better, but um, I mean, that's what I experienced. And there were a lot of things early on that really made me very frustrated that Chelsea would do. And I would just sit and essentially take it because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. I thought that's what a, a good manly man husband would do. Um, but I learned through taking a step back and really trying to listen to Chelsea that actually I was hurting our relationship because I was doing those things, because I was internalizing so much. And over a few years of us having some of these conversations, as Chelsea helped me realize, you know what, Brett, not that I need to explode at every little thing, but if something's really, really bothering me to the point that I'm going to shut down and avoid Chelsea or withdraw, then it's, I'm doing more damage by not bringing up the thing that may be hurtful to her. I'm doing more damage than if I were to bring up that thing that may lead to an argument or may actually hurt Chelsea. I, a good friend of mine, um, he brought up a, a good point actually on his own uh, thing that podcast a, a little while ago. Um, he talked about this concept of the difference between being nice and being kind. I know I'm going way off on a tangent. I hope this isn't too bad, but um, being nice versus being kind. Being nice would be going to your grandma's house and her offering to get you milk and cookies and saying, no, grandma, I'll go and get those. You sit here and just sit here. Let me go get the milk and cookies. That's being nice. The kind thing, though, is grandma is sitting there thinking, y'all, I used to run a whole house, was a working mom, all this stuff, and now all I do is sit here and I can't really serve people because I'm old and frail. The kind thing is saying, you know what, grandma, I would love for those milk and cookies, for you to get those milk and cookies. Because, yes, it's nice to let her just kind of sit there, but really deep down she wants to serve. And I know, um, again, I'm going off on this tangent, but the, this good communication is sometimes you need to have the different, you need to realize the difference between, the nice thing may be, Chelsea, the shows that you watch are really, really annoying to me, and I don't really, maybe this is a bad example, but the shows that you watch are really, really annoying to me, and I don't want to watch them with you. Like, they just don't make me feel good. The nice thing would be to not say anything about that. But if it's sitting there festering for you, the kind thing would be, Chelsea, you know what? Let's have a conversation about this. He shows that you're watching. I don't really like him. I don't think they bring us closer together. Can we talk about that? And that, that is how you can start to develop good communication skills. I know I went off there, but Chelsea, I'll bring it back to you. You can, you can bring us on home here. You, you, you did. Uh, again, I hopefully someone out there needed to hear that because again, I think those are all their principles of, of building a good relationship. And I think that's really the question that people are asking in that, do we have a, a, a relationship in which is good, not just good enough, but good. And I want to make those that next transition forward, 
not just because it's exciting to think about a wedding or planning a marriage or any of that, or, or, oh, it's exciting. We're going to get to live together and move all of our stuff in and we get to have our own place. Like whatever you, whatever those transitions are exciting and they should be exciting. But you, are you making those decisions because I'm excited about moving in or do we really have a good relationship? And, and I think that's the principle that we're, we're trying to illustrate here is, is really asking kind of these deeper questions. Um, and, and really, are you okay with that? Because the, the decisions you make right now in your relationship set this tone for the rest of your life. Um, and, and setting up a good marriage, being able to have good communication. And it's, it's really important to build foundational things, particularly early on in your relationship that you can continue to build on through life's curveballs, um, through, through the bumpy roads that life is going to have at you. It's not always going to be easy. And the, the things that the sooner you can identify you know, how does my partner respond? How do I respond? Am I okay with these? Can we continue to work on them? Um, those, the earlier you can communicate about that and start to identify and address those, the better your relationship will be. Um, and, and the more open it can be. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to start this version of our podcast and to have Brett on here occasionally because we do, I, I have not gone through life by myself and uh, we've been married a long time and feels like a long time. <laughs> um, it, it, we've been married a long time and, and Brett has really helped shape our relationship and, and we've learned together and I'm, I'm excited to share our our experiences with you. And, um, again, we know it's not perfect, but we, we hope in sharing some of our knowledge with you that, um, you'll make good decisions moving forward about your relationship and, and where do we go from here and, and how do we, how do we make the most of our relationship? Um, you know, right now we have, uh, we have a course that we have at Cash Valley Counseling. It's called building a lasting relationship. If this podcast, if you're finding your, yourself in this stage of your life, um, that's a great course to go through. It's a pre-recorded course that you can um, find online. You can buy it, go through it at your own pace. Um, and, and you and your partner, it, it's really cool. It has an assessment part of it that can, can kind of go through the different parts of your relationship that may need work, such as communication um, such as like finances or various, various subjects too, that kind of be, kind of become hot button topics for, for couples. Um, it's a fantastic course and, uh, I'm really excited that we have it as part of our cash Valley counseling experience. And we have some other courses online as well, and we're just starting our online presence and we're excited to, to get some more courses up and running for, for couples as well. But our whole goal is to really help relationships succeed because, we, we want them to, um, it's, it's vital for human life and the existence of human life and, and relationships should be about enjoying each other and enjoying relationships rather than them being so hard all the time. Um, and, and we want to help wherever we can with that. And so check us out, check us out online. Um, like I've mentioned earlier in our podcast, we have some previous ones that 
are just me talking about various relationship things. Um, Brett will be joining us occasionally and uh, we're going to have some, some guests on. We've had a few guests in the past and we're going to continue to have a few guests in the future. Um, we're really excited to just keep rolling with this podcast stuff. And, and hopefully today you've learned a little bit about uh, when to move your relationship to that next stage, if you are considering that. And uh, thanks for listening. And we look forward to seeing you next week.